want to stay standing as we read our scripture for today. It's coming out of John chapter 10. It's kind of lengthy, so stay with me here. But Jesus has given us an analogy and telling us a little bit about who he is and the life that he wants to provide in a relationship with him. He says, I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice. That's a key part. We'll come back to that later. They recognize his voice and they come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And after he's gathered his own flocks, he walks ahead of them and they follow him. Again, here it comes because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant, so he explained it to them. So Jesus would often uh, speak in these stories and, and tell analogies, and they're like, what are you even talking about? So if you've been confused reading your Bible or you've been confused going to church, you're not alone. And so fortunately, in this case, Jesus explains. He says, I tell you the truth. He says, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers. But the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. The one who, who, those who come through me will be saved. Oh, he's talking about salvation here. He's talking about a relationship being made right with God here. They come and go freely and will find good pastures because we serve a good father. Here it is. You've heard this, this verse before. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd. I, the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't, they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. So the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. He's saying it very clearly. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not of this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. The Father loves me because I sacrificed my life, so I may take it back up again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily, for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again, for this is what my Father has commanded. When he said these things, the people were again divided in their opinions about him. Some said he's demon-possessed and out of his mind. Jesus is crazy. Why listen to a man like that? While others said, that doesn't sound like a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? And Jesus had been doing miracles. So uh, I need some audience participation today. So I need you to just repeat after me. Say, nobody, nobody. Has, it has it better than us. Yeah. All right. Nobody, nobody. has it better than us. All right, we're good. I'll explain that here in a minute. Say hello to two, three, or four people that are around you. Welcome them, greet them, and say they're glad that you're here, and then we'll, we'll get started in a second. 
as you're having a seat. I want to welcome in our online church family as well. A couple things. Hey, if this is your first time with us today, if you're, if you're a guest with us, I just want to say how thrilled we are to have you come and check out Freedom Church. Um, do me a favor. Um, during, the, during the message or sometime today, fill out that red welcome card that you sat on whenever you came in. And then at the end of the service, you can either find me or one of our leaders back at the Connect group table and turn that in. We'd love to just meet you, say hello, but also to just be able to connect and say thank you. We got a small little gift just to say thank you for coming as well. Um, if you weren't here during the announcement time, we got connect, it's Connect Group Weekend. We got many of our Connect Group leaders are here, and they're going to be at the back table uh, sharing about the different uh, groups that are taking place. I think we got like 10 groups online, in person, that sort of stuff. So if you have questions about those, talk with one of our leaders. They'd love to to be able to talk with you. We're also got T-shirts that are on sale. Uh, we're not trying to make any money. We're just some like we got a bunch left. So it's like, hey, if you want to buy some, they're right back there, cash or check. Uh, next week, we're, we're just going to put them in a box. We're not going to do that every week. So today's the, the last day for those for a while. Um, all right, so nobody has it better than us. It's a football term that I, I learned from a documentary about the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is the coach of that team. And he's in some trouble right now. But in that documentary, the team would say that uh, as, a, as a phrase at the end of practice or a, at a game, and they'd say, nobody has it better than us. And it was just kind of this chant, just saying, hey, we got it good. We, we, are a, we are a great team or whatever. And I loved it because so many times when we read in Scripture, it is trying to tell you as a follower of Christ, when you are in Christ, how good you've got it. Like Jesus says, I know my sheep. I know them by name. Th think about that. The creator of the universe. Everything that you see, the sustainer of life, everything. He knows you by name. And he talks about this shepherding relationship that's, that's in, in a relationship. That, that he wants to have this relationship with. It's, it's amazing. When you start unpacking, I want to share that a little bit with us, this idea that nobody has it better. And Scripture so often tries to just scream that to us, but us in our own human flesh, and just even myself, we struggle with that a lot because what? Life. Life gets in the way, and then comparison will get in the way. And like, well, they have it better than me. And they have it better, and I screwed that up, and I jacked that up, and God must not want anything to do with me. I mean, if I'm going to do something for God, if I'm going to serve, if I'm going to join in the group, I got about like five or ten steps and hoops that I got to jump through before I get cleaned up enough for God. Or We make all this stuff up in our mind, and I just want to say, no, that's from the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants no part of you having this intimate relationship with God. And so last week we talked about uh, serving. This week we're going I want I want to get us this idea the title of today's message is beyond blessed. Beyond blessed. You you are beyond blessed. And I want to give you vision for how you can live out this blessed life. Cuz I believe that God does want to to bless us. He says my purpose is not to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Now, we read that, 
and we get it backwards. We think, and there's different translations, some of yours says an abundant life and, and these sorts of things, but no matter what translation you read, you read that and be like, God's going to bless me with wealth and health and material things, and we get blessing backwards. When we think God's going to bless me, we think very earthly things. Oftentimes, and I'm not against those, I don't think God is against those, but oftentimes the blessings that come in our life from God are backwards to what we normally naturally want and strive for. And so we talked about last week serving other people. He, he got down on his, on his knees and he washed the disciples' feet. Some of you guys are like, oh yeah, I remember what we talked about now. I was like, what did we talk about last week? He washed the disciples' feet. He got dirty. He did the servant's job because they were like, no way, you're not doing that for me. And he said, I gave you an example to follow. If you're a follower of me, I gave you an example to follow. And he says, you will be blessed, not for knowing it, but if you go and do it. Blessing comes through action. And that action he showed us, you want God's blessing in your life, you're going to serve other people. That doesn't go according to my natural feelings and wants and desires. i got to be intentional about that. So I want you to live the blessed life, but it's often going to come backwards and contrary to what you naturally feel. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. One more example of how you got it so good. Jesus, or in Ephesians chapter 1, it says this, verse 3, All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, all right, so we are, if you're in Christ, you're already blessed with us, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because you are so good. No, no, because you have a relationship with Jesus. He says you got everything you need. You have it already. You have access to every spiritual blessing right now. How do you access something in the heavenly realms? I can't, I can't see it. I can't touch it. How do you access that? Prayer. Prayer. One of those ways that you just, you're immediately in connect. You can talk with God right now. You don't have to jump through hoops or anything. It's beautiful. You have everything you need. Which, by the way, let me give you a little setup because some of you guys like this and I'm not always good at sharing this. Okay, we're going to do this Beyond Blessed series uh, this week and next week. September, we're going to talk about heaven. We're going to talk about eternity. And, and more than just a snapshot of revelation and talking about heaven, we're going to talk about how do we live for heaven now. How, how do we start living for eternity now? It's going to be a great series to get our priorities in check. We're, we're going to learn about heaven and eternity, but we're going to get some things set right now. Then, come October and November, we're going to go through one of my favorite books in the Bible, Ephesians. All right, we're going to go chapter by chapter through Ephesians, and we're going to see how good we got it. How do I access this heavenly realm? Prayer. We'll talk about that come October. All right, and then we get into Christmas season, and we start loving on Los Alamos and so many things. So that's just a little roadmap of where we're going sermon-wise and sermon series. You have what you're looking for. You already have access, but to us, we get it black, backwards. Blessed often means we get. Blessed in God's eyes often means you give. Jesus said it like this in Acts chapter 20. You should remember the words of Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, I'm a pastor. I know all the right things to say, and I do enjoy 
giving gifts and presents and different things. It's my son's birthday today, and I, and I like being able to, to treat him and give him a gift. But I'm natural just like anyone else. You know, if you're like, hey, you're going to get blessed, I'm like, oh, what am I getting? What, what, what's the present? What's the thing that I'm going to receive? I still want those things. But we often know when we fight through that and we give, we're like, oh, man, this is so, this is so much better. Another one, just for example, uh, Jesus says this, if any of you wants to be my follower, you want to be a follower of Christ, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. All right? Now, this was a radical statement because we know what the cross is, but to them, the cross was an execution device of, for the worst criminals. This is, this is a horrific thing. Take up your cross. I don't want, you know, we are not first century Jews. So we do not relate to the power of this statement when he makes it to just be like, what are you talking about? But the idea of I'm giving, Jesus is my Lord. I don't live for myself. If I want to live the blessed life, if I want to be blessed by God, following in his will, I'm going to have to give up my own way. And I'm going to have to follow him. Now, I'm going to get in your kitchen a little bit because one of the areas where it talks about blessing is not just in serving other people, but it, we're talking about finances. When, 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 when the Bible talks about how do you steward your money? How do you manage your money? And, it, and it's not just money. It's all areas of our life because when he's Lord, he's Lord of all. But I want to show you this. Out of, this is out of Malachi 3. If you're of a church background, you've probably heard of this before. But I remember when I read this for the first time, and it just blew my mind. It blew my mind. So these guys had been bringing offerings and sacrifices, sheep, goats, whatever they're supposed to bring for an offering. Well, they're not bringing their best. They're bringing the ones with a defect that come in. All right. So they're bringing an offering, but it's like leftover offerings. And, and God, through Malachi, the prophet, just calls him out on that. He's like, your, your boss on earth wouldn't even accept that. Like, and then you're going to bring it to God, who you're saying is your top priority. So we pick it up kind of mid-conversation. And, and he says, should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. This is God talking. And then he, and then he says, but you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? He gets right to the heart. He says, you cheated me in tithes and offerings. Do me. You are under a curse. So I want to live the blessed life. I do not want to live the cursed life, okay? Nobody here would be like, yeah, I want to be cursed by God. No, we don't want that. But he's saying the, the way you are treating your priorities, specifically here in finances, but the way you are treating God in how you are prioritizing your life He's like, right now, for this group of people, they are cursed. The whole nation has been cheating me. He says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a, say this with me, I will pour out a blessing. So great you won't have enough room to take it in. And then I love this. This is the only scripture where I know where God just says, test me. Try me. Put me to the test. Now, I'm a pastor here. Again, if I, if I go on just what I read that on my own, just natural self, that says, hey, if I give money to the church or to God or whatever, I give $10 today, 
I can get in the hundreds sometime pretty soon. Put them to the test, right? No. That's what my earthly, natural mind just immediately goes to. If you look through Scripture throughout, blessing, he's talking about things that could beyond what you can imagine, beyond finances and all those sorts of things. Let me just tell you, I'll, I'll sum this up, because the church doesn't need your money. God doesn't need your money. This isn't a message of like, oh my gosh, the budget is way under, and I need you all to give. No, I, it has never been that way at Freedom once, and that is not my heart, all right? I will talk about these things because money is important to us, and God knows because it's important to us, it can can really push us in the wrong direction. Hey, I want to live this blessed life, but we're going down this pathway over here. And so I will talk about it. I will talk about it. All right, this, this is just one of those where I got to realize if I'm going to make Jesus the Lord of my life, this is one of those areas. And it's a test. Finances specifically is a test in three areas, okay? One is the worship test. All right, when I give anything, when I give my time, when I go to serve, when I speak words, when I give financially, all of my life is an act of worship. It's not, worship is not just singing. All right, so one area is, well, I'm putting God first in my finances. Do I always feel like giving? Absolutely not. Are there times when I am freaking out over the budget saying, I don't know what is going to happen and how we're going to, yes. But I also understand my finances is one area where I'm like, this is an act of worship. God, you're first. You're not getting leftovers here. You're not just getting a tip here. I am, I'm going to put you first in my finances. I'm going to put that between you and God, all right? It's not a rule. I'm just saying, you ask God whatever he tells you to give, and then you better do it, all right? That's, that's between you and God. The Bible talks about living a generous life. So I'm not about this, oh, well, you got to tithe and 10% and legalistic and all that sort of stuff. No, I'm going to put that on you and God, all right? You're not going to put that on me. You're going to put that between you and God. He says live generous, and generous is more than, could be more than 10%, could be less. It's not a number. That's a heart issue. That is a heart issue. All right, so it's worship is one test. Second is faith, all right? I got, when you put when you open your hand financially, oh my gosh, your faith is going to be tested. <laughs> Do I really trust that God is my provider? That he's going to take care of me? It, I'm trusting God that whatever I, he says to give, I do that, then I'm trusting that he's going to come through somehow, some way, shape, or form. That doesn't mean easy. Just because you, when you see people take a step of faith, is it ever easy? No. It's almost always hard, almost always challenging, but that's where you grow. I will say this, when I started doing this about 20 years ago, and even to this day, I still freak out. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Can you do it or whatever? <sighs> he has always come through. He has always come through. Has there been some hard times? Yes, but he's always been faithful. He's always been right there with me. And the last one is the church test. And I, and I say this a little bit, hesit a little bit hesitant, but I, I'm not going to back off this. The church, the local church is God's plan A. There is no plan B. He, he has ordained the local church to go be the one that tells this world about Jesus, to spread hope and be good news. And we talked about last week how 
every local church, including this one, we are far from perfect. And we will screw it up. We're just people. We're human. Not trying to do that on purpose. But Jesus has not given up on a church. It's still his plan A. So when you give to a local church, all right, and if you don't trust this church, I would find a local church that you do and, and support that. But you are supporting that mission, that mission of eternity to go spread hope and be a light and good news. All right? So it's, a, it's no small thing. When I give, those are the three things that kind of go through my mind. First and foremost, I'm worshiping God with my giving. All right? Second, it's a faith test. I'm, tra- I'm just saying, God, I trust you to come through. I, I trust you to lead me in whatever I need to do. Three, I love the local church. I get frustrated sometimes, and I get angry with it, and, and all these sorts of things, just like you do. I'm seeing you kind of laugh and those sorts of things, all right? But I'm also like, you know what? It's still his bride, and he's still working. And the God sightings and all these things, all these things, God's doing amazing work despite our imperfections. Again, not because of how good we are, but because of how good he is. You want to live the blessed life, it's not just finances, it's all areas of your life. But he talks about it right there. The principle is this. The principle you see in the New Testament is the principle of the harvest. It comes right out of Galatians. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. You know this. You know this. It's so simple, but yet so powerful. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature, hey, I'm going to do what I want, when I want, where I want, how I want, no one's going to tell me how to do it, will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit, who's going to live for the eternal things, those things that we can't quite see, those things that are just a little bit uncertain, those things that you just have to take that step of faith, like, oh, can I really trust you? Those who are going to lean into the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired. Anybody in here tired? It's okay to be honest. You're like, too tired to raise your arm, all right? Uh, I'll just be flat out honest. I'm not feeling it today, okay? There's, there are times when I preach. I love this church. I love preaching. I love being here. But you know, like anything that you do, there's going to be times when you're just not feeling it. I don't live my life dictated by my feelings. Don't get tired of doing good. Don't get tired of doing the thing that God has called you to do. So I'm, I'm like, I'm pumped today not being fake. All right, I've just had to give myself, a, I'm, I'm kind of back in the back being like, give coach break, talk to myself, just like, hey, we're ready to go here. Who cares about your feelings? This is an important message from God that somebody in here needs to hear. Don't get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of, let's say, a harvest of what? A harvest of blessing if we don't give up. If, there's an if in there. Therefore, whenever you have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. God has blessed this church with so much favor in the past five years, working on six years. I shared some of the numbers last week. It's just been phenomenal. People giving their life to Christ. People finding healing. People taking next steps of faith. P- 
people, God sightings, that's what we call them. Where do you see God move in somebody else's life? Or where do you see God move in your life? And we're sharing those two, countless ones. And I shared uh, last week a few equations. I know we got a few math people in here. But we talked about ministry and serving other people. And we said, if you have a spiritual gift, meaning you have something that God has just gifted you, maybe it's the gift of encouragement. But when you encourage someone more, you see a lot of times where somebody uh, responds and be like, you don't know the timing of that. Or just when, when it was like, man, God just really spoke to me when you did that. You're seeing kind of supernatural things happen behind the scenes. When you do that plus meet a need, that's called a ministry. When you love on someone plus meet a need, that's called a ministry. When you have a skill set and you meet a need, that's called a ministry. When you share your story and it helps meet somebody's need. That's a ministry. When you start stringing up ministry plus ministry plus ministry, you are a minister, which all of us are. It's not just the pastor's job. It is all of us as a follower of Christ. We are a minister, a diaconeo, a servant, is what we learned last week. And so I just wanted to share. I forgot to share this last week, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm coming back to this because I think it's so important. Just this, I'm going I'm to brag on a few of you, but I know this happens all over within the church. But just this past uh, month, I had some emergency situations within my own house of uh, uh, leaks, water, water leaks, and I needed some repair. If you know me, I got like a pink uh, toolbox tool set, all right? I, I am not Mr. Fix-It around the house. I love to learn and do different things. Uh, Mr. Gary Seacrest, whose birthday is today, by the way. Uh, happy birthday, Gary. Happy birthday, Gary. Um, he came over. I said, Gary, I got this leak. The air conditioner is leaking all over. It's warped the floor. I don't know what to do. He said, I'll come right over. He's got his tools with him, and I, I won't forget this, Gary. I said, listen, I'm not looking for you to do this and fix it. I just need some help and some confidence to go in the right direction on, on what I need to do. I'll do. I can do the work or whatever. He stops in his tracks. He looks me right in the eye. He says, we're going to get this done. <laughs> and he helped me plan it out and get it done. That's a skill plus a need. You, Gary, you don't know how much you ministered to me in that moment. But many of you have skills. You meet a need. And it makes me want to cry when doing that. Well, part of the job was having to go to Lowe's and pick up some material. When we go and get the material, there's a person coming to ask us for, for money because they need a meal or they need something. Now, again, I'm just being honest with you. I'm, even though I'm the pastor, I, I, I was not happy about this. This isn't like my shiny moment. But I, like, I froze. I was like, ah, here they're coming for money and all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, I'm just trying to fix my floor, all this sort of stuff. Gary goes, here's a couple bucks. God bless. And, 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 and the guy smiled and, and went away. Did we have some life-changing revolutionary moment? No. But Gary met a need in that moment. I froze. We have those opportunities drop within our laps all the time. Luke, where's Luke at? Right there. We got lights in here this morning. This guy's been helping out. You don't, you don't even know. He's been coming for the last month, 13 years old, just turned 13 last, last, last week. 
But he's been coming week after week after week. And if you know teenagers coming to church at 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning to unload the trailer and set up in a hot gym with a bunch of other adults isn't probably high on your priority list. But I'm telling you, what you see happen here in the mornings, it doesn't just happen. Luke's been here. I love when teenagers lead. And Luke, you've set an example to me that it's inspiring to me when, even when you come in is, is just come and help and set up. We, we, we got a need. He's stringing a ministry, and he's ministering to you today because you got a seat to sit on. And there's people who do that week in and week out in a variety of, of capacities. We have something at Freedom Church called Love Los Alamos, where if you see a need, you see somebody out in the community or a coworker who has a financial need or something, and you want to love on them. And even if you're here today, and this is your first time here, you have access to these funds, okay? So if you know someone who needs rent, rent's coming up this month in a few days. Hey, there's a form you can fill out online because the church is so stinking generous. You guys are so generous in how you give that you fill out this form, and we've been able to meet a need. And um, where's she at? I don't know if she's here. Angel, right back there. A couple weeks ago, this is why we created this fund. Um, she, she saw somebody who had a need or needed some help, or needed some love. And I don't know all the exact situation, but she knew this person and then went to the website and filled out the form and just said, hey, here's the, here's the request where we could help this family in Los Alamos. And guess what? The team got together, got a check, got it to Angel. Angel got it to the friend so we could help somebody here in Los Alamos who has a need, someone who needs rent. A family who needs the lights on because they don't have the money to pay their electric bill. And we don't get to see these things all the time. But I'm telling you, when you go out and sow and you're not stingy, you reap a harvest of blessing that is beyond what you can think or imagine. Last week, I mentioned some of these things. And we had uh, someone in the room get their phone out and and, and text somebody. And I want to share with you what happened during that text message. So I'm going to invite uh, Sari to share a little bit about this God sighting that happened last Sunday right here during the message. <laughs> Anyone else argue with God ever? <laughs> so last week while um, Mike was preaching, I was, God prompted me to pray for one of my friends, Kirsten and Neil. Um, and I was like, God, I'm trying to focus. I'm at church. and just arguing back and forth a little bit with him. And he just wouldn't let it go. So finally, I was like, okay, God, put my Bible, put my book down, and started to pray for Neil and Kirsten. And they are currently in Tennessee undergoing some medical procedures. And they have just had, the past three years have just been very challenging with them. It's been a long season, and they have not lost hope. They are still trusting God. But so in my heart, um, I prayed that God would give them wisdom and give those around them wisdom, that he would give them extra support um, when things are hard. I prayed for the medical staff to be sharp and focused and knowledgeable. I prayed for the pain, both physical and spiritual and emotional, and that God would use this for his glory. And lastly, I prayed that God would um, continue to reveal himself to them, hold them tight and close, and that Kirsten and Neil would know God's power. And so I was like, all right. I did it. All right, now I can focus. So I picked back up my Bible and my notebook, opened it back up, and was trying to focus. And God's like, no, I'm not done. I was like, God, come on. This is good. I, I love 
what Mike has to say and how God uses him. And God says, no, text her right now. And I was like, God, I don't want to take out my phone. It's church, you know, kind of thing. And God's like, no, text her right now. So at 11.41, I texted her, praying for you right now. Put down my phone, and finally my heart was settled, and I was able to focus. Well, a few hours after that, Kirsten wrote, and she said, Sarah, you have no idea. God is so good. Um, Neil slammed his finger in the rental car door so bad that he had a visceral vega episode due to the pain. It kind of looks like a seizure. There just happened to be an ER doctor there, and the EMT were able to come. I saw your message right as we were leaving. We're at the urgent care now, and Neil is having an x-ray. So right at that moment when I was praying, Neil slammed his finger in the door. You can't really see it, but smashed the tip of his finger and had an episode of like a seizure. And God provided, like God provided a doctor that knew exactly how his, how his body was handling the pain and was able to be there for them. And I was just in awe and I got to be a part of it. And yeah, I'm in awe. That yeah. is good. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Thank you. Thank you. That's the, what to me is where you don't know what God is doing when he whispers. Something as simple as, pray for somebody. No, text them. Okay, I'm praying for you. And is it always going to be something like that? No, most times not. But there is something, I promise you, if you want to live the blessed life, beyond blessed, you have everything you need. You have this shepherd who's speaking this voice to you. You have a spiritual gift. You have a passion or a skill set. You can share your story. And there's places to meet that need. Now, each of you got a puzzle piece. You got a puzzle piece. Take those out. You got a puzzle piece when you walked in. I had one of our uh, students help me out this morning putting together this hundred piece piece of uh, uh, this hundred piece puzzle this morning. Now, it's not entirely easy for you to see. Most of it is put together. But if you could see right here in the middle, can you see this? One of the pieces is missing. Now, one of you in here knows the answer to this. Does somebody, somebody in here have what I'm looking for? Everybody's like, what, huh, huh, huh? Did you get a puzzle piece? You're going to ruin my, my illustration, but this goes to show. Actually, it doesn't ruin it. It helps exemplify it. Everybody's got little tiny ones, right? Does anybody have the one that fits? David's like, I know I gave it out to somebody. Do you know who it is, David? <laughs> David's like, he's going to find you. He's going to find you. Okay, well, regardless, this helps with my illustration anyway. Don't get tired of doing good. I know you're tired. I know you're busy. We're going to talk about that in the Heaven series, by the way. There's better ways to be living than exhausted and tired and overwhelmed. But I'm going to tell you, there is somebody in your life, and you don't know who it is, that you have, God has placed you in their life, and you have a choice. You have a choice on whether or not you're going to meet that need or be like me in the parking lot and freak out. <laughs> and then Gary steps right in and puts the piece in. You have opportunities on a daily basis for God's sightings. You have opportunities on a daily basis on who you are going 
to live for? Am I going to live for me? Or am I going to submit and surrender to God? I remember all of this, it comes down to that word surrender. <laughs> am I going to trust God with my finances? Am I going to live and serve Him? All of it comes down to that, that word surrender. I remember it was August of 2023, or 2003, 20 years ago, this month. 20 years ago, this month, I moved here as a college graduate, got my job at the lab, working as a computer programmer. I'm living my life how I want, when I want, where I want. Nobody tells me what to do. I know who God is. I'll deal with that later, but Mike's going to live for Mike. I'm going to get mine and go and do my things. It was in the middle of the night. And it was one of the most rawest moments of my life. I woke up, and I could feel, I don't know how to explain it, other than this presence, and I knew I was not alone. I knew I was not alone on this planet. There was someone much bigger than me in my circumstances, and he was right there with me. And he asked the question. I, knew, I, I didn't hear it audibly. I knew it right within my soul. Guaranteed, granted, I was not living for God. I, I was living my own way. But I knew that I knew that I knew. He was asking this question. What are you fighting for? And I had a clenched fist on my life. I had a clenched fist on my finances. I had a clenched fist on I don't want to be a Jesus freak. If I really follow you, I'm going to have to do all these things, change who I am. I'm, I'm going to, all this stuff that I don't want to give up. What are you fighting for? And in that moment, I surrendered and I just said, I'm done fighting. I'm so tired. And I'm so exhausted. The life I was trying to live and to, to meet other people's standards and, and be blessed in all of those things and living for myself, it was exhausting. My, me being overwhelmed, me being stressed, all that anxiety, I've been putting on myself. And in that moment, I surrendered to the Lord and said, whatever you want, I'm going to live. I'm going to live for you. And in the best way I know how. And that started a journey of next steps. To just say, I'm going to live for you. He says, he says, the sheep recognize his voice and they come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. After he's gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they've known his voice. I heard that voice. What are you fighting for? And ever since, I've never regretted it. Has it been easy? No, not by any means. But it has always been better. Following that voice, if God is nudging you today, you can trust that voice. That is a voice you can trust. That is a voice you can lead into. That is one you can follow. The sheep know that voice. There's another voice that is vying for your attention, though. That one will lead you to death and destruction. Do not, God cannot be mocked. Those who sow sparingly reap sparingly. But those who sow will reap everlasting life and at just the right time a harvest of blessing. 
Jesus, after he had spoke with them, said, they said, when, when he said these things, the people were again divided in their opinions about him. Some of you right now, we're talking about this, and I can feel the tension in the room. I can kind of see it on some of your faces of like, ah, I want this, but oh, holding on. What are you fighting for? I think that's the question God wants to ask. Some of you, what are you fighting for? What are you fighting for? What are you fighting for? What is keeping you from trust and surrender? I don't know. I don't know. But I'm going to ask today in this moment that you would surrender that to him. So can we stand? Can we stand and can we pray? I want to read this prayer. This comes out of Ephesians chapter 3. Paul says, I pray. I pray from His glorious and unlimited resources that He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. I want Him to speak right to your soul right now, in this moment. Right through His his Spirit to yours. Then Christ will make His home in your hearts. I want Him at home in your hearts as you trust Him. Do you trust Him? Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep is His love. May you experience the love of Christ, even though it is too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life. That's the missing ingredient, ingredient, the missing piece. Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or even think. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.